Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and this week we're joined by not Pete Donaldson. He's away on holiday, hopefully enjoying the festive season. We'll be catching up with him again next week, but I am joined by Joey, the anime man. How are you doing, Joey? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. It's a Happy Christmas, first off. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. I was going to say something else, but I decided not to. I don't know what you're going to say. Probably don't want to know. Uh, but I hope you guys have had a good week so far in the festive spirit, uh, no matter where you might be. Obviously, mm-hmm. 2020, not the best year at all, uh, particularly for folks in the UK. But I hope nonetheless, if you're in the UK or anywhere uh, right now, that uh, you've still had a good week. Yeah. Uh, and Joey and I have had a bit of fun together. We are here in Yamagata. We've been catching up with Natsuki um, and uh, Sharla and Aki are here as well. Um, and uh, having a little good. romp in Yamagata, a romp in Yamagata, <laughs> some fun times in Yamagata. Sounds like a really crappy <laughs> series on YouTube. Romp in Yamagata, but we did exchange some presents. Uh, Charlotte got me a mushroom farm. Oh yeah, of all things, I remember that. Um, what did you get? Do you remember what you got? Uh, from uh, you gave me a perfect blue oh, DVD, so Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And good friend. Charlotte got me this, I guess, massaging thing that a looks like a cat paw. Thing. Right, yeah. a, a cat That's pretty nice. Massager. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And I hope you got some good presents, folks, uh, on your Christmas holiday. Um, oh, I can't believe how quickly it's come round. But, I mean, this I year know. has there's, felt there's kind already, of There's already only a week left of this year. It's pretty depressing. Yeah. Uh, although this year has felt, like, absurdly long compared to other years. And, in a but sense, not, But yeah. not really in a good way. No. <laughs> like a please be over kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been a very odd year. Uh, but a good year for you, right? What, with Trash Taste? Yeah, yeah, the Trash Taste has been very successful. If, if you haven't seen Joey's videos, and hopefully you have, because he was on Journey Across Japan both <laughs> seasons, uh, Joey is not only the face of the Anime Man channel, mm-hmm. I mean, he is the Anime Man. Yeah. But <laughs> he's also one of one of three uh, members of Trash Taste, yep. the up-and-coming podcast. Mm-hmm. They say they're a podcast, but they're on YouTube mainly. What traces yeah. to podcast. V- visual podcast? What the abroad in Japan channel could be a visual podcast if I just t- well, took no, a video because we're actually it. sitting in a podcast if radio I, setting studio. If I right? uploaded abroad in Japan to Spotify, would that make me a podcast? No, there you go. It's the same. What it's the same? <laughs> What's your argument? Shut up. That's what I'm saying. But it's a good podcast. Yeah, and I should know because I've been on it uh, not only once but 
Maybe again. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Spoilers ahead. I might be on it again soon. So there's that to potentially. I mean, you're always it. welcome back. Excellent. Yeah. I, I beg every week. I send a letter every week. And please, I need more clout, he <laughs> says. Get me on trash tank. <laughs> um, but this week, we kick off with our story of the week, and it is from Mark, and he begins. Dear Chris and Pete, uh, who's unfortunately not here, long time you hear of the Abroad in Japan channel, which I realised was a pun when I was typing this out. Laugh out loud. I can't believe people still haven't got the pun. But then again, I don't really tell people my name is Chris Broad, so I'll let it go. I mean, Aki thought your surname was Abroad. <laughs> Remember? Chris <laughs> jo- Abroad. Jerry's girlfriend thought my, <laughs> my name was Chris Abroad. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, Mark continues. But I recently discovered you had a podcast. I've been busily working my way through the back catalogue, and I heard the episode where you complain about NHK. Japan's equivalent to the BBC. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been an avid watcher of NHK documentaries such as uh, Japanology, Japanology, uh, Trails to Ohishi, uh, Tokyo, etc. So much so, my partner and I started a drinking game out of it. Whenever somebody says, Sugoi, or Oishi, uh, <laughs> or Sodesne, um, we take a shot of sake. Not surprisingly, we're totally bladdered by the time Peter Barakan uh, mentions he grew up in England for the eighth time. <laughs> he does do that a lot. Uh, it got me thinking about the concept of Aizuchi, or back-channeling. Mm. How important is it really? Do you just pick it up through osmosis? Do Japanese people think you sound cold or uninterested if you don't use it? Or do you stick with, yeah, all right, mate... <laughs> Uh, I love the way he spelled that yeah. too. A friend married a friend of mine married a Japanese girl many years ago, and she taught him how to use aizuchi. Mm. Uh, but she naughtily taught him the aizuchi style Japanese women typically use. So it caused great <laughs> laughter from her friends when she first introduced this massive power lifter of a bearded Scotsman who earnestly engaged in conversation in what can only be described as a lady's voice. <laughs> Uh, ladies Japanese voice I was supposed to be working in Japan for six months this year uh, but alas Corona virus Sama Corona Sama sounds like a family friendly character Uh, next to that fingers crossed for September 2021 the podcast great enjoying the banter keep up the great work Mark and uh, thank you Mark hope your year has ended okay Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully we're able to get over here next year in September Mm. everybody seems to be coming in September next year it's always Sep- September, Sep- isn't it? Septem- it's always September or November. It's I always find. September. It's always the hot season. But that's a really interesting topic, bat channeling, um, which is where she- you kind of go, oh, uh, mm, it's uh, the, it's, uh, uh, it's uh, my friend uh, described it as anime reaction noises. Anime reaction noises. It's the, mm, mm. Ah, so mm, mm. Yeah, like if you're talking for an extended period of time, you've got to really overreact to, to, to somebody you've got to kind of it, really overreact and show you're not only listening but enthusiastic about whatever the speaker's discussing right it's it's I guess the the short burst of yes I am listening mm. that you have to do whereas yeah. in an English conversation mm. you can yeah. silently listen mm. and as long as you respond yeah. in some way mm. you can you know yeah. you be like yes I am listening yeah. but in Japanese if you don't do the mm, Mm. Mm. every now and then then people just think you're not listening or you're ignoring them and I, I, I get that a lot actually in my uh, interview videos oh really yeah a lot of people are saying why does Joey keep doing anime reaction right, right, right. during the interview and it's because I've just been it's just it's just second nature to do it when speaking Japanese and that's why I did all my interviews with the hot hide like the rock star mm. dude from last year that's why I did it all in English because right. I I, yeah, I don't feel comfortable doing the back-channeling thing to that extent. And I knew that my viewers would be like, what the hell is he doing? But the problem is, is that it's gotten to the point now where I also do that in English. Eh? 
Yeah. <laughs> I do like, I, I just subconsciously well. kind of do, mm. I've probably done it already just in yeah. this podcast. Definitely. But like, yeah. it's true. It's, uh, it's a it's a strange thing, and I wonder why that is a thing in, in in Japanese culture. Just politeness, right? Yeah, I guess it is just politeness. Another aspect of politeness. and again, it's just the short burst of affirmation, right? To be like, yeah. yes, I am listening. Yes, I am interested in the conversation. Right, right. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Um, so I did me, it again. <laughs> yeah, it kind of comes off as condescending to me, though, because I, I, you know, I'll, I'll talk about something and. Often I feel like they're not really listening. They're well, just going. Well, that, well that's oh, the thing. That's oh, that, that's yeah. a common problem in Japanese, I guess, culture where. It's, it's, there's always that one person you know where their aizuchi is just way too exaggerated. Like, right, yeah. mm, mm, so that it. Mm. And, and when it gets to that point, it just becomes very frustrating to listen to. And that's what Mark referred to, right? His uh, his friend, this bearded powerlifter Scotsman uh, who, who's doing it in a Japanese voice. Right. Like, what's the difference between men and women in that regard, you think? Just women are much more like responsive i guess and uh, i don't know i'm obviously it's based off a stereotype but i guess the stereotype is that yeah, you know, japanese women a lot more, i think like, women like they're a lot more i guess enthusiastic with their aizuchi whereas a lot of guys like myself kind of just do the mm, 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 right you know just the, the short mutters but that's a really important thing to master when you're learning Japanese, and that you don't find it in textbooks. It's one of those topics that right. is never covered in beginner's Japanese textbooks, but is extremely important if you want to actually yeah. ever like actually become It's a very native. important social skill when dealing with Japanese people. Definitely. It absolutely is. So I'd encourage you, if you are you know, listening in, guys, and you're learning Japanese... But don't overdo it. <laughs> don't overdo it, but look up Aizuchi, A-I-Z-U-C-H-I, mm. uh, and that's what it means, back-channeling in Japanese. And uh, I didn't know that's what it was called in English, to be honest. Yeah, back-channeling, wow. showing you're following on from the conversation, following along. Um, so while you're here, Jerry, I thought we'll pick your brains on a few topics right. relating to Japanese culture, mm-hmm. um, and that was a good one to kick us off. Uh, last week, we talked about why you do YouTube, the highs and lows of being a YouTuber, and this week, I thought we'd focus more on Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. And I like to, when I do interviews with folks, I've only done it three times now, you're the third person, uh, along with Norm, Tokyo Lens, and uh, Sharla, I like to ask about your favourite places in Japan, places you would recommend listeners visit. Oh man, because six is my favourite number. <laughs> is it? It is now. The I want a beast. <laughs> I want to know six places you would recommend to our listeners that they visit when they come to Japan. <sighs> places that have touched you, and places that uh, you enjoy. Ah, uh, locations. I, I really don't want to be the guy to give the the answers that everyone knows. And if you from. say Tokyo and Kyoto, you yeah, failed. Yeah. Um. I guess one that I would like to think is unique to me is uh, Enoshima. Oh, Enoshima. Yeah. The island of Enoshima. Yeah, island of Enoshima in... Uh, That's in, a good one. In, yeah, in Kanagawa. It's, it's, uh, it's about, I'd say, God, maybe 35, 40 minutes away from Yokohama yep. by train, yep. uh, right on the coastline. On the, it's, it's in this place called the Shonan Coastline uh, near Kamakura. It, it basically extends from Fujisawa to Kamakura along that shoreline. Um, and yeah. Enoshima is this kind of one island that's kind of sticking out mm. of the peninsula. It's and a pretty cool area. Like, I love of surfers it. And kind of, if, I remember when I went there, I felt like I was in America or something. Yeah, in a sense. There's I mean, of like burger restaurants and pancake restaurants yeah, on the seafront. Yeah. And uh, there's this one train that runs along the Shonan uh, coastline called the Enoden. And it's right. one of my favorite trains just because it's so compact and tiny. And it's one of those trains that goes through houses. 
essentially. Literally through the kitchen. Literally through the kitchen. <laughs> Watch out, housewife. Boop, boop. God. No, but the train gets, you know, scarily close to the walls of these oh, houses. Wow. Where, to the point where if you stuck your hand out of the train window, you probably could touch the walls of the house. Why is this a video? My favourite train in Japan. I'm surprised you've never made a video on it. I've not been on this train. Really? Well, I'm going to now. Oh, we, we gotta thing. go. I, I, I spent an entire day once with a friend of mine where we went uh, on the Enoden from Fujisawa and got off every single stop and kind of explored around the stop uh, because, I mean, I actually would like to live around that area. You would like to ride the train? Well, I, I mean, there's so many, I don't know, I think I said this in the last podcast, but mm. I love the cities or towns where it's a perfect blend of countryside and city. Mm-hmm. And every single stop along this Enodang uh, is that. It's just perfect blend of... It's countryside, but it's not middle-of-nowhere countryside. Right, okay. Like, there's the proper necessities that, you know, you can... If you have a car, very handy. Everything's there uh, at, you know, mm. at your hand, but... Um, but it's also really quiet. Lots and lots and lots of nature around. And I mean, Enoshima is a really nice place. I've been there. I went there to do a cat documentary. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the cat shrine. The cat? No, not the cat shrine. Apparently, Enoshima. That some people call it like a cat island. Right. Even though it's clearly not. No, um, it's not. <laughs> I felt we were desperately plucking at straws there. I've, I've seen two cats on Enoshima. <laughs> yeah, and we went there for like three hours. Right. And I had to look for cats. And we found like one cat. Yeah. Like, this isn't cat island. <laughs> Why have we come here? And it wasn't even Who featured. Who calls a cat island? It wasn't even featured in the documentary. It was that bad. Right, uh, right. But that aside, I did find the beaches are really nice. Um, yeah. Um, quite crowded, though, in certain times of the year. Oh, definitely. Because it's like a, a good escape from Tokyo mm. while still being in the Tokyo area. And right? there's lots of, like, on the actual island, there's lots of these tiny, tiny locally, like, family-owned restaurants where they serve you, like, fresh seafood that wow. they catch off Shonan. And it's, you're, you're really selling it to me, actually. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's really lovely. I love it. And and again, like, all the stops along this Enoden are just... It, it's, it's so picturesque. It's mm. like what you envision Japanese, I guess... Uh, residential areas mm. to look like it's the, the perfect picture of a residential area um and it's great i love it um so i definitely recommend that it really anywhere along the shonan mm. uh you know hase is really good as well where there's the giant buddha statue yeah in uh, kamakura right before kamakura yeah it's like two right. stops away from kamakura and kamakura as well is lovely it's just a more well i'm gonna traditional well, i'm gonna bundle armor. that all under number one yeah so number one oh, oh god all right <laughs> number two number two uh utsunomiya Utsunomiya. Yeah, in Tochi. Ah, oh, the... Gyoza City. The second stop out of Tokyo on the bullet train. Yeah, yeah. Gyoza City, yeah. Gyoza City, as is colloquially known, because there's lots and lots of gyoza restaurants in Utsunomiya for some reason. I don't know why. I've, I've made a video there with Natsuki once about a monkey bar where mm. these monkeys come out with beer and serve you beer. <laughs> right. I took it down um, because I was... I, I don't know. I felt maybe it wasn't... It was a little weird. Was it unethical? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy seemed to like the monkeys. The, the bar owner liked the monkeys. Right. But yeah. did the monkeys like the bar owner? Well, they seemed to, but right. we couldn't really interrogate them on the right. matter. But uh, that's my, my image of it's not me is Gyoza and Monkey Bar. Right, right. Why, I, I why is to, that on your list? Uh, because I used to go to Utsunomiya quite a bit with my cousins because they live in Saitama. So right. it's like a you know 35-minute train ride from Saitama. Okay. Because it's just one prefecture across in Tochigi. So it's quite close. So you can easily do a day trip there. And I mean... 
I love gyoza personally, and it's also the gateway to Nikko, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. The, um, Nikko's right nearby as well. Beautiful area that I've yet to go to. Still yeah, on the, on the last. You never been to Nikko? No, it's crazy. Nikko's so, lovely. Top tourist destination that I've not actually been to. Yeah, I should definitely go. No, it's not me. great if you like gyoza, and even if you're not into gyoza, there's lots of really great tiny restaurants around mm. the area, and it's yeah, it's quaint. This is good. This list is very different from. Um, I'm trying and so really far. hard to. Oh, no, this is good. All right, number three. <laughs> number three. Uh, well, personally, I really love going to East Ikebukuro. East Ikebukuro. Yeah. So Ikebukuro is like a city within a city. It's a city in Tokyo. It's a city in Tokyo. It is basically a district in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, Essentially. Itabashiku. They've got the Pokemon Center. Yeah, they have Sunshine City. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, Sunshine Road as well. Yep. That's all on the east side. The east side is definitely more hustling and bustling in terms of stuff that you can do. Mm. Not to say that the west side doesn't have anything, but the west side is a lot more, I guess... Grody, <laughs> it's the only way. It's a little, Grimey. it's a little seedy, yeah. Right, uh, seedy. on the west side. But one thing about West Ikebukuro that I really, really like is that there are, for some reason, a lot of Southeast Asian restaurants. Oh, okay. Lots of Malaysian, Singaporean, Thai, Indian restaurants, all kind of collected in South mm. uh, in West Ikebukuro. For some reason, I don't know why. That's cool. I've, I've one of the best bowl, the best bowl of ramen I've actually had in Tokyo was in Ikebukuro, and I can't really? remember the name of the ramen shop. And I need to look it up. I think it, it had won a Michelin star or something. But I remember queuing up for about twenty five oh, minutes. Oh, I think and, I know what you're talking about. I need to look yeah. it up because it was exceptional, um, and I very much want to go back there. But that's my image of Ikebukuro: yeah. Pokemon and, ramen. Yeah, Pokemon Center is there, or well, the first ever Pokemon Center mm. is there. Uh, and uh, if you go a little further beyond the Pokemon Center, there's this place called Otome Road. Okay. Otome Road, which is where a lot of the female otakus like to go to shop. There's lots of like oh. cosplay shops around there, so I like to go there with Aki to peruse that area as well. So oh, cool. I feel like Ikebukuro is perfect because I, I usually recommend if you're like an otaku or you love anime and you mm-hmm. come to Japan, most people think I'm going to Akihabara. Naturally. Right. Naturally, it's like that's anime city, that's electric city, right? I'm going to go to Akihabara. But honestly, Akihabara, there's a part of me that doesn't recommend Akihabara to otakus because it's a little too overwhelming. Akihabara is a little too... Because I feel the only reason you would realistically go to Akihabara is if you're an anime fan and if you're an otaku. Because truth be told, there isn't a whole lot to do in Akihabara if you're not an anime fan. There's some good restaurants. There's some good restaurants. Monster Ramen. Yeah, Monster Ramen. There's the entire uh, beef building. Uh, yeah, that does yeah. all of the expensive yakinikus and stuff like that. That place is great. And, you know, the, the abura soba and the mazu yeah. soba and stuff like Oil. that is really good as well. Oily soba. Yeah, the mixed soba <laughs> is really, really good. But if you want to go to Akihabara for shopping mm. and you're not an anime fan, you're going to have a hard time. Interesting. Whereas Ikebukuro, I feel, is the... I've always said Ikebukuro is the perfect mix between Shibuya, Shinjuku, and Akihabara. Right. In the sense that... The things you can do in Ikebukuro, you can do in all three of those other cities as well. But they're mm. all kind of just mixed together perfectly in a, in a perfect ratio. You can go clothes shopping in Ikebukuro like you can in Shinjuku and Shibuya. You can shop mm. for anime stuff like you can in Akihabara. You can eat good food like you can in Shinjuku. It's right. kind of a mix of all. So it's almost like all the, all the best parts of Tokyo rolled into one I feel like neighborhood. It. Yeah, I feel like it. And so I can easily take my you know anime-loving friends to Ikebukuro, but I can also take, you know, just... My mum to Ikebukuro and have a nice meal with her. <laughs> Take you your mum to Ikebukuro, have yeah. a great time, have a nice dinner. Yeah. Number three, Ikebukuro, nice yeah. one. All right, number four. Number four, uh, probably Odaiba. Odaiba, mm. the kind of futuristic uh, neck of the woods. Yeah. Which we talk about on the podcast every now and then because it's the home of Asimo the robot. 
Yeah, oh yeah, the Mid Icon Future Museum and the life size Gundam robot. Is yeah, there the life size well? Gundam robot. Yeah. Although the one in Yokohama has dwarfed it, it seems these days. Yeah, the yeah, one that the moves. one that's currently in development. They've, for those of you that don't know, they've built a like a to scale Gundam yeah. robot in Yokohama that, that moves. actually moves. Yeah, yeah, to see it with my own eyes. But you can look at videos of it online moving. Yeah. It's I really want to go check yeah. it out. It's really cool, but. Um, yeah, Odaiba is really cool, and also Odaiba has uh, Oedo Onsen as well. Oh, Oedo it's Onsen, one of the giant, the biggest uh, public bath places. Yeah, it's a huge public bath. It's more like a, it's more like an onsen amusement park. park, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I used to recommend it a lot um, because if you're in Tokyo and you don't have much time to leave Tokyo, it's mm. a good place to experience the whole kind of yeah bath bathing culture. Yeah, right? uh, and also it has like a kind of like they made a, they, yeah they made like a mock up uh, like summer festival type of mm. thing inside the building as well. So even if you can't go into the bath because you have tattoos yeah, or whatever, yeah. you can still go in and just have a good time. Yeah, I, I used to recommend that a lot. That's quite mm. cool. Yeah, whether onsen or diver. Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. This week on Stakhanov. 
Over on the Luke and Pete show, we've been discussing our usual nonsense from Disney princesses to fizzy lagers and a whole load more. Here's a taster of what's been on the show. For some reason, our little recording system has got this piece of music installed in it. I think it's uh, incidental music in a sex ed uh, BBC Two um, 10 a.m. kind of job. No way! It is! It's too groovy! It's too groovy! Yeah, it's just like, uh, now on BBC Two, <laughs> sex and your child. <laughs> Meanwhile, over on WrestleMe, we've been doing the 12 days of WrestleMemus, which you can find on our Patreon or your favourite podcast player. That's why also America is like leading the world in serial killers, you know, because they have room. They have room, room they have... to dismantle. <laughs> <laughs> to dismember. Dismantle, dismember, To stuff yes. to make marionettes. Mm-hmm. Um, over here, very difficult to be a serial killer. I would knock into things. I'd you get would. blood everywhere. But there's always some nosy beak, isn't there? <laughs> Someone sticking their nose in where yeah. it doesn't belong. All that and more. At Stakhanov. Uh, number five. Number five. Ah, uh, Jesus. I want to say Akabane. Akabane in yeah. Tokyo. In Tokyo. It's a very Tokyo heavy list so far. Yeah. <laughs> Not surprising given you live in the Tokyo area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Akabane, what's what's there? I don't think I've ever been there. You've never been? So Akabane is in the very northern part of Tokyo, right before you enter uh, Saitama. Yeah. Uh, and I'm only saying this one because I used to live around that area. Okay. Um, and Akabane is like a... It's like... It has the drinking culture of Shibuya. Yeah, but it is a tenth of the size of Shibuya. Oh. So in other words, there's way less people, mm. but just as many places to go drinking and eating in Akabane. Right, and uh, and they have this place. Uh, the one one place I used to go to a lot in Akabane is this place called Ichibangai. Ichibangai. Yeah, which is kind of like uh, like a central guy in Shinjuku. Oh, uh, sorry, uh, in Shibuya. Golden Guy. Uh, kind of, kind of like Golden Guy, right. but more, more so like uh, more so like Dogenzaka in Shibuya. Okay, where it's just this long road full of izakayas oh, and cool. restaurants and bars and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And there's this really good Oden place in Ichibangai. How would you describe Oden for listeners that don't know? This is sort of a Japanese. This is one of the Japanese dishes you don't really hear much about mm. outside Japan. Oden, I guess, is a is winter exclusive kind of hot. Pot, yeah, without the broth, <laughs> in a sense. You get it in um, convenience stores, right? You go in and yeah. you go in, and they'll be like uh, different foods in a kind of soupy broth. Like yeah. you'll have like sausages, you'll have uh, omelet, you'll have radish. Yeah, and stuff. And it's quite. I, it took me years to actually get into it, mm. but now, especially in winter, oh, it's, it's really nice to go in, in winter, yeah. grab some sausages and some eggs and some radish and yeah. mustard on there. And Akabane as well has one of my favorite uh, skimmen places. Oh, as well. cool. Because I, I, I dipping skimmen over ramen personally, and I've I'm I'm trying to spread the good word of skimmen to people because well, not enough people eat it. It's true. Skimmen is um, uh, ramen where you kind of you have the soup and you have the noodles separate, right? Yeah. And, and people might think, in. well, what's the point? Because yeah. I'm going to put the soup and the broth together. You'll understand when you have good skimming that it, it, it hits different. And there's a very good place near here, and I wish I could have taken it if there's more time, yeah. where I was a con- convert to, uh, I was converted to skimming. the ways of skimming. Yeah. Basically, because the, um, the noodles are separate from the soup, the, the soup that you dip the noodles in tends to be kind of stronger, I find, and more flavourful yeah, yeah. to make up for that. The noodles are thicker, the broth is way more flavourful. Because rather than having the noodles in the broth for an extended period of time, you sort of like drop them in briefly, right? Yeah. So you need to soak them in lots of flavour. So if you, if you leave it in for too long, it's like too much of an explosion yeah. of flavour. But, but I find like 
because the noodles are separate, you can enjoy the noodles more and appreciate the mm. quality of the noodles. But yeah. Interesting. Okay, and last place, number six. Last place, I want to say Hakuba. Hakuba, the biggest ski resort in Japan. Yes. I think it's the biggest, and it's the most... It's They had the Olympics there, the Winter Olympics, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, I don't know if it's the biggest. Maybe Nis- Nisiko might be yeah. bigger. I don't know, but Hakuba... In Nagano Prefecture. Yes, Nagano yeah. Prefecture. Um, Hakuba is, yeah, a ski resort. Uh, but you can go in the summer as well and go hiking in the mountains and stuff and like that. That's really pretty. You used to work there, right? I used to work there, yeah. I used to work at a at a ski resort kind of like situation. I mm. uh, worked at a restaurant and stuff like that. So I have a lot of fond memories of uh, working in Hakuba. But yeah, Hakuba, especially in the winter, is lovely because it's this really, I guess, tight-knit community of... Uh, of people who kind of, you know, of course go and, you know, do the whole skiing and snowboarding stuff, but the food and drink culture there as well is Other really most of the list nice. involves drinking at some point. It's like, well, I, I mean, like Akabana, there's drinking. I like Ikebukuro, you could get drunk with my mum. It's like, <laughs> it's always <laughs> Not <drinking>. necessarily. <laughs> there's not so much drinking. Not necessarily. Akabana is still fun, even if you can't drink. Right. I'm just saying. But um, Hakuba is really nice. Does it? I, I haven't been to Hakuba. It's one mm. of the, the ski resorts I haven't been to. And is it got like an alpine feeling to it? Is it like alpine? Oh, definitely. Style? Yeah. Oh, cool. Because it's on the base of the uh, the Hapo. It's called the Hapo Mountain Range. I think it's called. Yeah, near the Japanese Alps. Yeah. So Hakuba is just one mountain out of the well, Hapo Mountain Alps. Range. Yeah, yeah. It might be the Japanese Alps. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Towering but, mountains. Yeah, lots of really really tall snow mountains. And, uh, and and Hakuba Village is at the base of uh, that area. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really close to Nagano City as well. I mean, by car, it's like 15, 20 minutes away. Mm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you like your, you know, winter wonderland, skiing, <laughs> snowboarding, that kind of stuff, just... You know, the onsens there are lovely as well. Yeah. Uh, just because it is in the mountains, uh, you can, you know, go out and explore the forests around uh, that, that area th- I mean, as that's, well. And that's an edge that Japanese ski resorts have over, um, I think, French ski resorts. Certainly the ones I've been to. Mm. That in Japan, a lot of these ski resorts have some beautiful hot springs, right, around yeah. them. Um, yeah. And there's one here near where we are called Mount Zao in Yamagata, which is my favourite. Mm. And that's got lots of hot springs. Oh, you've right. been to Mount Zao on the Yamagata side. I've been to Mount Zao ah, on the Miyagi side. <laughs> a mountain so big it's got ski resorts on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is a really cool list. Uh, we've got Enoshima, the island just off the coast of Tokyo. Mm. Good for a day trip if you're living... If I would say that's my favourite, Enoshima, out of the six. If you're, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if, so if you want a day trip outside of Tokyo, that's pretty good. Yeah. Utsunomiya, number two, another day trip there as well. Mm-hmm. If you like gyoza... Uh, and if you want to go to Nikkor, that's the place you'll pass through. Yep. Ikebukuro, in the heart of Tokyo itself. Um, there's Pokemon Center. There's ramen. <laughs> I love how that's Pokemon. all you know about Ikebukuro. There's a Pokemon there's Center. There's a Pokemon And Center. Southeast Asian cuisine. Yeah. Uh, we've got Odaiba, the futuristic island with uh, Gundam statues. And why did you like it again? Oh, Oedo Onsen, the biggest onsen in Tokyo. Akabane. Where you could get drunk and drink more and drunk. Very traditional Japanese drinking culture around there. I'd Very say. traditional drunk mm. culture mm. Uh, with <laughs> with uh, skimming. Yeah, it's a great skimming restaurant. Go there. And Hakuba, the best ski resort in Japan, arguably. Yeah, that I've yet to be yet to go to. I think it's the best one. Um, now, on the subject of Australia and Japan. Okay. As an Australian, yeah, he's been to Japan. Yeah. As a half Australian, half Japanese individual, yes. What does Australia do better than Japan? <sighs> Jap- uh, I would say Australia definitely does the whole beach culture thing better. 
Um, well, Japan much, doesn't really have a beach culture. Well, that's the thing. As it much doesn't. As, as much as I love the Shonan area, I, I very rarely step onto the actual beaches of the Shonan area. Just because a lot of it is kind of grody. Oh, that's a shame. It's not very nice. This word grody. Yeah. Grody. What's that mean? Just grimy. I guess that's an Australian, isn't wow. it? Grody. Grody just means like gross. Interesting. Yeah, like grimy. Learning English <laughs> in Australian. Seedy is another word we use. I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised about Australian beach culture. From what I understand is about as good as it gets, right? I, I'd argue it's the best. In, in the Japan, world. it's probably the worst in the world because, <laughs> sadly, I don't know, man. I've been to some American beaches. It was pretty bad. Well, the problem with Japan is, I think, eighty percent of the coastline's concreted over. Um, right. Due to questionable government spending. <laughs> um, but uh, also I've noticed people in Japan just don't go to the beach. Like no. where we are now, we are about five minutes from some beautiful beaches. Ow. And nobody ever goes there. Yeah, I've noticed. For, for two weeks in August. And that is because they only go there in August when there's a lifeguard. Right. Without, if there's no lifeguards around, no one would dare go anywhere near the sea. Right. And it's strange. There's a different relationship with the sea in Japan. Like in the UK, right? Well, any chance to go in the sea, we're up for it. Mm. Mainly just no, I mean, in same August, in Australia, even though we have to dodge every animal in the ocean. <laughs> true. Because it'll probably kill us, but... That's very true. We still commit to that anyway. But, like, in Japan, it's pretty damn hot. From April to October, it's very hot. Yeah. And in the UK, we do... True, it's, we go swimming in the sea mostly from sort of June to August when it's mm. bearable and warm. But right. in Japan, it's formidably hot. For half oh, the yeah. year. And yet still people don't think, oh, I'm going to go and refresh myself in the I guess sea. really the only place, in my experience, that where the beach culture is well and alive is Okinawa. Oh, wow. Okinawa is, yeah. But I mean... Slightly different. You know, Okinawa is mostly beaches. So. True. That's bit, I mean, yeah. That doesn't come as a surprise, though. Mm. Uh, Australia does beaches better than Japan. But what does Japan do better than Australia? <sighs> Japan definitely does. I mean, I think Japan does better than any country is the whole idea of... I guess politeness, customer service. You saying Australians aren't polite? <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not. They're, they're they're a lot like every other English-speaking Western country, where you know you'll get the bare minimum of customer service. And right. Every now and then, you might go to a high-end restaurant where they'll give you some kind of service that's tippable, but. <laughs> Other than that, it's kind of just, you know, I'm getting paid minimum wage and I'm going to give you minimum wage level of service. Japan's service quality is exceptional. It's, next, no it's, it's number are, one, in my the, opinion. What they, they say customer customers are God in Japan. Okakua kami. Yeah. Okakua kami. Kami. Yeah. Customers are God. Customers are God. From my experience over the last eight years, I can't think of like any situations really where I've felt the experience has been bad. Some yeah. family-run restaurants, um, in yeah, the family-run ones are uh, can be know. hit and miss. Yeah. Like especially out in the countryside, where they're mm. not used to foreigners, they don't know quite what to do, and they're a bit more <laughs> abrupt, and they feel like they don't need your custom. But right, like, right, very few and far between those experiences. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But service quality is exceptional, and apparently better than Australia. I, I mean, yeah, definitely better than I'll Australia. Tell you, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you now that it's certainly better than. But than at British the same time, at the culture. same time, when I say that. Uh, I think Australia definitely does the whole stranger friendliness a lot better right. than Japan can. I mean, I think I said in the last podcast, but you know, you can be lining up at a supermarket at the cash register, and you could easily strike up a conversation with the person yeah. in front of you. Whereas I, in Japan, if you did that, you'd probably get looked at very strangely. I think that's the problem with Japan having such standardized service. Right? They'll they they can be quite come across as quite robotic with their fixed mm. phrases and their fixed mannerisms in Japan with the service, right? But, the quality is good, but there's no degree of personalization. There's no degree of 
often it can be absent of yeah. warmth. Although and- I do every now and then, you know, kind of, I get a gauge of the person who's serving me, wherever it might be. And if it seems like they're friendly enough, I will every now and then just strike mm. up a random conversation. And a lot of them are very happy to oblige. Like, you know, I went to get uh, my suit done uh, at the dry cleaners, for example. Right. And the woman there, you know, was very chippy, very yeah, happy yeah, yeah. about it. And I just struck up a conversation. I was filling in the paperwork and it was it was lovely. And of course it does happen. Yeah. You know, quite a lot. But still... But a lot of the near... times you have to be the one to instigate that. You do. Yeah. Um, like they're not they're gonna, so polite. Yeah, they're not going to be the ones to be like, so So what have you been doing? Whereas yeah. in Australia, that can very easily happen. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, interesting point. Service quality in Japan is very different. I remember when I got my phone, the woman in uh, Docomo got down on her knees and presented the phone to me like a sword <laughs> like or a dagger. Like you're about to be knighted. <laughs> Take this sword and vanquish us from the dragon. <laughs> well, it was just an iPhone, an right. iPhone 8. Um, <laughs> what's one experience, though, that everyone coming to Japan should have? One experience you believe everyone coming to Japan mm. should have? One experience? Um, I guess just, I don't know. In whatever way you can, I guess getting a, a first-hand experience of just how much Japan values tradition. Right. I think. Whether that be... Going to, like, a festival. Whether that be going to a festival, going to a shrine, uh, you know, visiting a, a castle or whatever, you know, experiencing food in a way that is done and served in a very traditional way. Because I think that's one thing that really excites a lot of foreigners about coming to Japan is that Japan is really good mm. at maintaining tradition. It's one of its strengths, for sure. It, it definitely one of its strengths. And, you know, that's why we have so many amazing geographical locations within Japan that, you know, a lot of countries, unfortunately, have just not bothered to keep or really respect in that sense. Right. And, you know, Japan is really good at that because it is all about, you know, it's a culture that's driven by culture and respect for that culture and respect for that tradition. So I think I'd say that's like the number one most straightforward way to get the quote-unquote Japan experience Mm. is just experience the fact that this country really has so much respect for its culture and tradition and where it came from. I mean, it's got every UNESCO World Heritage Award status. Yeah, right. They always joke about it, that they should just make the entire country a UNESCO World Heritage site. <laughs> Japan is a UNESCO. Every country. aspect, every facet of the culture yeah. is like, we're World Heritage status. Honestly, UNESCO. like you, you, could, you could, you know, point to any part of Japan and I guarantee within the, you know, 10 to 50 kilometer radius there's probably some kind of UNESCO thing in there right <laughs> we can only hope that one day family mark fried chicken receives UNESCO well, heritage <laughs> status that this is the this is the food deserves. of Japan the food of Japan quite <laughs> rightly so well thank you Jerry for uh, joining us these last two episodes yeah of course on the Abroad Japan podcast it's been a lot of fun chatting with you mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully we'll see Jerry next year on Journey Across Japan season 3 yeah I'm excited looking forward to unfortunately this week guys we don't have enough time for the fax machine for your questions but we'll certainly make up for that when Pete the great Pete Donaldson rejoins us uh, in the next few days but for now guys enjoy uh, Christmas week and wrap, and wrap what's left of your presents um, drink some more wine Do what, what do people do in Australia at Christmas uh, go in the pool and go have in a the beer. pool have a beer yeah. do that but enjoy <laughs> the Christmas season and uh, we'll join you on Wednesday one last time for the end of 2020 and we'll take a look back at uh, the year and the year's events but for now guys enjoy yourself and thanks again Joe for joining us of course see you then guys have a good one
was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.